Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are listening in the world to another episode on Solving the People Puzzle, where I, your host, Franchi Devette, usually have conversations with esteemed guests, HR execs, HR professionals, business owners, entrepreneurs. But every now and again, I decide to do a solo episode. I think this is the second one I'm doing, and it's actually a follow-up on the first conversation that I had a couple of months ago. And I'm really excited to do this. Let me start by saying this was never the plan to record this episode. I actually started having informal conversations with clients and colleagues and friends around this topic. And the more I was listening to myself and interacting with these peers, the more they encouraged me to actually do this episode because they believed it could provide a lot of value to the audience and anybody listening. So let me just quickly track back and refresh your mind, and then we'll get into the conversation. So a couple of months ago, I did a solo podcast recording on this idea or this conversation around the world of work and how post the pandemic, the world of work has shifted, especially where we work and how we work. So the episode, if you want to go and listen to it, it might be a good place to start if you haven't listened to it before you listen to this one today. But the episode was all around the three different ways of working. So the hybrid way, the fully remote, and the back in the office. And I must say that episode gained quite a lot of attention and traction, and there was a lot of conversation sparked. I was invited to a couple of keynotes post that conversation. And really, that episode was just about my thoughts. And then things changed at Whamley. And I actually went through a journey with my team around changing how we work. And this is what today's conversation is about. It's an actual reflection on what happened, what we've learned, what I've seen, what we are still currently experiencing. And I hope that it could be valuable and insightful to you too, if you are navigating this space at the moment around your world of work. And if you're responsible for crafting and designing that way or world of work. So let me track back. Where were we? When Whamley started more than three years ago, just about three years ago now, we, it was April 2020. So lockdown, level five in South Africa, we were completely locked down um, and most offices either closed or moved fully remote. So that's how Whamley started, fully remote. And then as the months progressed, we obviously um, got out of, of uh, the lockdowns and the levels started releasing. And at that point, we found ourselves for about two and a half years in a hybrid model. Now, during this hybrid model, to make it practical, for those of you who are not exactly sure, we were three days in the office, some of the team members, and then the other two days we were fully remote working from home. Different teams in the organization had a slightly nuance or different setup around that, but predominantly half of the team, uh, more than half of the team, mixed between being at home and at work. And as I said, we did that for about two and a half years. And then, of course, as the months progressed, uh, I started realizing that a lot of the tech companies are actually, in fact, bringing companies and employees back into the office. And that's where that first episode got sparked, because now all of a sudden we had three models and research papers started coming out around the advantages and disadvantages of all of, all of these three models. And that just really got me curious around understanding what is the best way, but then also reflecting back on Whamley and what we required, at least from my perspective. So from that point, then, 
the idea of coming back to the office just gained a lot of momentum in my own thoughts and in the conversations that I had with my exco for various reasons. But of course, I had to test the hypothesis. And I started to embark on a journey of working with the staff around this idea of coming back full-time, Monday to Friday, to the office. Now, let me just quickly mention, subsequent to this entire conversation, we also moved offices from Santon to Pretoria. So half of the team lives in Joburg and the other half in Pretoria. And so for about three years, the Pretoria people, including myself, were driving to Johannesburg. And I then made the decision that let's get a new location that is that is more central, that is more convenient. Um, and so the decision was made to move our offices. So I'm actually joining you today from our new offices here in Irene on the N1. If you ever drive past, come and say hi. But nevertheless, this was the exact season where I then made the decision, okay, if we are going to move to a new office, let's look at this as a new season to test the hypothesis of coming back to the office. Now, because our lease agreement wasn't finished in the previous period or the previous building that we lived in, I had to find a new tenant. And when I found a tenant, they wanted to move in immediately, which meant that we had to move out very, very quickly, making us fully remote for three months because our new building was not finished. So Whamley went from fully remote to hybrid, back to fully remote for three months, and it has now been a month that we've been back in the office full time. Now, let me just circle back and start by mentioning the why, because I think this is critical to the conversation. When leadership teams or leaders make decisions without introducing the why, the change management, the adoption, and the buy-in becomes really difficult. I also just want to caveat that by saying that this is contextual to us. And so I'll say this at the end again, I am not today recording this episode saying this is how it should be. This is contextual to us. And if you are in a similar stage in your business at a similar maturity level, this might be worthwhile for you to consider. So the why. When we were fully hybrid and then fully remote, I really had an opportunity to assess various aspects of the business. And I think the most important was because we are a relatively young organization, there is a lot going on. Now, I know we're all busy, but in our environment, we purposefully are continuously experimenting. We are continuously tweaking. We are continuously changing the way we approach all our departments, all our projects, all our hypotheses, every single thing. And we can be even better at it, but the intention is certainly there for us to move really fast and rapid around trying to find better product, product market fit, acquire more customers, retain our current book, your typical SaaS environment that you would imagine. And so this idea of knowledge sharing, this idea of creating a learning environment just became really difficult when we weren't in the office. We have Slack, we have Google Meets, um, we have WhatsApp like most organizations do, but that just informal, quick interaction, quick getting together, quick problem solving was really proving to be difficult, especially because the diaries are quite full. Uh, when you consider the customer facing departments like sales and customer success, um, you know, these teams, the marketing team, they're constantly busy. The diary is full. They're either traveling or they're at clients. And so it became really hard to create learning opportunities. I think that was the first why for me. Secondly to that, 
was this idea of building our culture. Now, I know based on the first podcast episode, there was a comment around why is culture important. Let's not go into that topic today. Um, We can do an entire different episode on culture. We have done some of them in the past with some of my guests. But this idea of what is the culture that we want to build and how do we then actually go about doing that? Now, I fundamentally believe that culture is nothing else than leadership behavior. Behavior that gets emulated by leadership that trickles down into the organization, that becomes a daily habit, part of our daily personalities, and then ultimately that is the organization's culture. Now at Whamley, we are still building our culture. As I said, it's been three years and people have come and gone. Thank goodness we don't have a big staff turnover. But I mean, as the individuals enter the organization, they need to learn the culture. They need to see it. They need to be able to contribute to it. And that just proved to be quite difficult when we were on a hybrid working model. And so the second point was culture. So firstly, the learning environment that I wanted to create. Secondly, the culture. But then the third one, and probably a bit of a contentious conversation, because the the flip side or the counter argument of this conversation is always, do you want me back in office because you want to micromanage me? Do you want me back in office because you don't trust me? Now, that, in my mind, those are potentially valid questions to ask. If that is your intuition, that is your data, that is your metrics that gets given to you in your organization, I don't believe it is wrong for leaders to ask those questions. But that should not be the motive to bring your employees back into the office. Again, different things that you could look at there around how do you measure performance? What type of business are you? In our case, we are not a time-based business. We're an outcomes-based business. But part of this outcomes-based conversation is being able to move quickly, being able to gather feedback quickly, and then being able to make quick decisions the true lean, agile environment that we strive for. When I say lean, and you might not know what that is, there's a wonderful book called The Lean Startup that you can read. Um, We try and entrench that into our culture on a daily basis. But this idea of being lean is to be able to respond quickly, test minimum viable products, test experiments, run tests, and Just that pace and that part of the culture and the energy that I wanted to create was difficult when we weren't together. Are you tired of wasting countless hours screening through CVs and hosting in-person interviews with candidates you probably never hire? If your answer is yes, we are here to help. Our award-winning one-way video interview platform will streamline your entire hiring process and save you up to 70% of your traditional hiring hours. With our platform, you can send your candidates an interview link and let them answer a set of customized questions that you set up in their own convenient time. What does this mean for you? No more wasting valuable office hours or being fooled by CVs that don't match the real candidates behind them. If you would like to know more, visit whamley.io to book a free demo today and see the difference for yourself. That's w-a-m-l-y dot i-o. Say goodbye to wasting time and money and hello to making better hires. And so those were probably the three predominant reasons that I used to, at least from my perspective, make this call to come back to the office. Now, then a six-month change management project or process started. And this is probably the most critical part of this podcast episode this morning is if you simply just make a call without consulting and explaining to your staff 
the why, the implications, the change that's going to come and what we are going to do with it. I believe it's going to be a very difficult transition for you. And so for six months, the last couple of months in our previous office and the three months that we were fully remote, I really intentionally and purposefully, together with our, our exco here at Whamley, went on a journey with all the employees, starting off by explaining to them the why, addressing concerns, addressing objections, allowing people to vent, allowing people to, to share with me their emotions. They're angry. They don't want to do this. They don't understand the why. And then just let, letting that come to us and ob, ob, observing it, and, and, and taking it in and gathering that feedback. And I guess the question might be, okay, Fran, but practically, how did you do it? So let me share a couple of practical tips with you. We had group conversations because once a week at Whamley, we eat lunch together. And so I would open up the floor and we would have conversations on a group level. But then at Whamley, we also have one-on-one check-ins with direct line managers and employees. And in these conversations, an agenda point became the office. So you might not feel comfortable speaking up in front of the entire organization, which in our case, I'm thankful is not really the case because our number one value is radical honesty. So we really encourage people to speak up, but you do find employees every now and again who aren't comfortable to speak in a group. And so during these one-on-one conversations, they would have the opportunity to voice their individual concerns. And guys, audience, these ranged from when am I going to do my washing? What about fuel? What about traffic? Um, and we just created a space to listen, a space to show empathy, a space to let them vent, a space to talk. And then to the extent that it was possible, we would then get together, get, um, get all those themes that came from these conversations together, and then try to solve the problem or come up with possible solutions from a business perspective. And that was really important because, yes, you want your employees to be safe and to be able to speak up and, and speak their, their hearts, but then you also want to be able to, as a business, do something about it. And so it's not just about the fact to listen, but also then to give back or respond. Another thing I did is as soon as the building that we're in now was semi-ready, I got everybody in the Gau train from our old offices we went on the journey, the Gau train, the Gau bus, showing the employees what that route would look like. We made a field day of it. It was really fun. We took a lot of photos. And then we ordered pizzas and we came and sat in the unfinished building in the office where there was still nothing here. And I wanted them to experience the space, see it. You know, a lot of times employees and people in general will make assumptions based not necessarily on data but they'll derive conclusions based on an emotion, based on an idea, based on a perspective. That is not necessarily true. What do I mean by that? Oh my goodness, Irene is far from Joburg. The N1 is a nightmare. But the fact is, if you're traveling from Johannesburg to Pretoria, you're going against the traffic. And by doing that field trip that day, I could show it to them. Now, yes, we were on the Gau train, but we would make mention to the fact that, look, there are the cars. They are traveling in that lane and they are going faster than the other lane. It sounds silly, but it's, it's a practical thing to show employees that one, you hear them and two, you're here to try and at least solve their problem. Another thing that our COO did is he did an analysis of where everybody currently lives. 
and how far they are from the old office and from the new office, as well as the travel average time in Google Maps. And we mapped that out on Excel and we showed it to the employees, again, to make it practical, to show them that, listen, you might live in Joburg and you're traveling to Ravonia, but it's going to take you the same time now to travel to Irene. And the kilometer might be a three or four or five kilometer difference. Again, just easing some of those anxiety points around money and budget and traveling time. And then once we were here, that field day, where we were sitting in the office and I got pizzas and beers for all of us, I then decided to do, which now in hindsight was a great idea. And I asked the team, we have the privilege now to design our own office. What office do you want? And it was phenomenal to see the response. The dev team would say, listen, we want our own space with sliding doors that we can open and close whenever we want. Because at times we want to feel part of the culture and the vibe, but other times we want to work really hard and so we want to close the sliding doors. The same from the support team. The account managers asked for booths. Marketing said they don't care where they sit. Um, there were a couple of specific requests. We want a nice kitchen. We want a nice coffee station. We want a nice bar area. Can we get a braai? The devs ask for an Xbox. You know, these are all small little things that I gave the staff the opportunity to share with me what they want. And the reason why I believe it's part of the success story at the moment, time will tell, is because they felt a sense of ownership that this is not my office. This is our office, and we created it together. Okay, so now I fast forward. We then um, finished our fully remote, and I must tell you and share with you that those fully remote three months were extremely difficult. Um, so much so that about two weeks in, we decided that once a week, we'll go back to our old office. Uh, we, we asked that the tenant could be coming on Fridays. They were on a hybrid model, so the office was, was open. Um, our friends at the bean counter were, were really great, and they allowed us into their office on Fridays. And we did that. So we all went back for those three months every Friday just to be together, just to create a sense of community, a sense of collaboration one day a week. But still, I was super frustrated. It was just frustrating me that all of a sudden it felt really disconnected and and yeah, you know, people were just not really sure where. And I mean, we have many channels or where we communicate, but there's just nothing like being being together. One of the other concerns during this transition was that listen, I don't want to come back to the office because when I am there, you know, there's a lot of distractions. And in my informal conversations with colleagues and clients, this topic comes up a lot. You know, don't bring us back to the office because there's just too much distractions. I get way more work done at home. Now. That is true, but the one thing that I just want to make mention, because this happened to us, is when you're on a hybrid model where you're only in the office once or twice a week, naturally, there will be a bigger social energy because we are actually seeing each other less than we're seeing each other often. And so um, when I talk about being back in the office, I'll trickle back to what that means for us now. But those are one of the common objections that I also faced and that you potentially are facing as well. All right, let's end off. So then on the 1st of July, we moved into our new offices and it wasn't perfect. Let me just say that up front. 
there were teething problems. People had to get access to the building. People had to get used to traveling a new route. People had to get used to, staff members had to get used to where they are parking. You know, how does the new office work? Our furniture wasn't in immediately. And so it felt a bit like a warehouse where we had power and we had internet and we had our old desks, but none of the, yeah, it wasn't a, a finished or complete office yet. And so the first couple of weeks were difficult. And uh, because of our radical honesty value, staff members were complaining and some of them were really anxious and some of them were really frustrated. And again, as an exco, we made the decision to say, let's listen. Let's not point fingers and let me be completely vulnerable and honest. That's difficult. That's difficult when you see the vision, when you know where you're going, where you gathered all the feedback and then it doesn't go exactly like planned. But I had to listen. We still have to listen and persevere through. And again, it's allowing those opportunities for employees to speak up, for them to voice their concerns. Irrespective of the content, be that leader that listens, that is open to that feedback, and then transitions through the anxiety and the ambiguity with the staff members. And so where are we now? We are four weeks in, fully back into the office, and for the biggest part, I'd probably say 70-80%, it's been amazing. And here are a couple of reasons why. Let me circle back to this idea of in the office, I am disturbed the whole time. Because I asked the team what the office layout should look like, we have spaces now in Whamley where you as an employee can decide when am I playing and when am I working? So that's a really, really important thing. Secondly, because we're seeing each other every day, that hype around, oh, here's Farron, oh, there's Rosetta, kind of settles. And, and it, 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 it reaches a point of, oh, I'm, I'm seeing you every day. We, we don't have to catch up every single day. I saw you yesterday. And then during the week, we still create moments purposeful, intentional mo moments around socializing. So we have a braai, we have a lunch together, we have stand-up meetings where the opportunity to do that is there. The Xbox and the three TVs that we got, got here in Whamley with our chill area and uh, the veranda or the stoop that we've got are all opportunities for people to take a break. But when they, when they want to work, there are headsets, there are doors that can close, there are sliding doors that can close, um, there are noise cancellation tools. And so that has, has completely averaged out. And this idea of I can't be productive in the office has actually been nullified. Secondly, the learning for me and for Exco and for everybody has been incredible. It's the informal conversations that you hear staff members over the phone with a client or with each other, how they think, how they try and solve a problem, how they approach um, a difficult situation and the opportunity to in the moment be able to contribute to that has probably been one of the biggest aha moments for me in terms of what we didn't have when we were either hybrid or fully remote. You just don't pick up on the nuances of how people go about doing their day. And again, this is not about micromanaging or being autocratic, but it's about having the opportunity to listen, reflect and share in the moment.
because we're all extremely busy. And I don't want to know what everybody's doing the whole day. But informally in an office setting like this, when a Bianca can come in and say, can I ask you a quick question? And we have a 15-minute conversation that she wouldn't have been able to do because in the past she'd had to schedule a meeting, there had to be an agenda, we only had an hour. You just miss out on those opportunities. And I think lastly, and let me end off with this, by saying that it's been so cool to see just the overall happiness levels of people connecting. I think in the very first episode on, on this topic, when I did the solo recording, I said, you know, we are created for connection. Humans are created for relationships. And being back in the office has really allowed us to look into what is working well, but also what is not working well to deal with some of the frustrations of various personalities, to get to know people better, to test our assumptions around, I think Johnny was like that, but actually he seems like he's more like this, to be able to give radical, honest, constructive feedback around how I show up, how I speak, how I dress, how I behave during meetings. These have all been opportunities for us that we've been able to address over the last four weeks. Now, at the end of this week, it's now the 25th of July, we are finishing all the furniture. I absolutely cannot wait. I will post some pictures on that and I will continue to keep you updated. I also told the staff that we are going to try this for three months, being fully back, and then have, an, again, a big conversation around, we've now tested all three models, hybrid, fully remote fully back in the office. And we might, very out, we might very well end up in a space where not all the team members are treated exactly the same based on their unique requirements as well as the business requirement. Because at the end of the day, it is impossible for you to please everybody. COVID definitely had many, many disadvantages, some advantages, but one of the things that COVID definitely did is it created this sense of work-life balance that my life is not just my job. I do have time for family, social, hobbies. And to a large extent, I agree with that. But we must also remember, this is the world of work. And as a business, we are here on a mission to build something, to move forward, to generate clients, to generate revenue, to create a platform for, for people to thrive in. And this entire conversation and what we've embarked on has not been easy. Trying to balance the needs of employees with the requirements of the business is really, really difficult. And I guess there's no perfect silver bullet. It is about your context. It's about your environment, your maturity, where you are as a business at the moment. I mean, some of our massive corporate clients that we've got are completely remote. And they've been established for many, many years. The culture is set. The way of work is set. Johnny is not the first customer success manager or the first tech lead in that organization. There are habits and rituals formed that our fantastic clients in the HR department has just been able to move digitally. But for a business of our size and our age, being together at this moment seems like the best approach. But time will tell. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you have any questions, please pop them in the comments on all of the channels that we are going to be sharing this. If you're listening on YouTube, please like and subscribe. If you're listening to us on your favorite podcast channel, thank you so much. Please share. And if you want to give us a rating, it's always a privilege for me to spend time with the audience. I know usually you expect a guest. I hope you found this valuable. And please pop me a mail if you have any questions or comments. Have a lovely day. 
Thanks for tuning into this episode with me today. I hope you found the conversation truly valuable. If you want to continue your journey of exploration and growth, please subscribe to the show and share it with your friends and colleagues who are in HR or talent acquisition. Because the more we grow the show together, the more I can bring you top quality guests with world-class insights.